Welcome to the Shawnee Mac Show. My name is Shawnee Mac. It's a pleasure to have you with us. A lot of stuff happened over the weekend. For instance, country star Eric Church canceled a Saturday night concert in Texas to go to the Final Four and cheer on his beloved North Carolina Tar Heels. Now, I wanted to punctuate this line with a punny reference to one of his many songs, but I couldn't pick just one. So, I decided to just rapid-fire a bunch of them right here and then just move on. Okay, you ready? Here goes. <clears throat> Country star Eric Church canceled a concert in Texas to attend the Final Four in New Orleans, so I guess not all the knives of New Orleans were out for him. Canceling a music show to attend a basketball game seems to be a change for the Chief, as it appears music is no longer his mistress. Church released a statement to his fans explaining the cancellation in an attempt to avoid being labeled Mr. Misunderstood. Church was there to cheer on his Tar Heels, which, of course, are from Carolina. You know, there's a cabin in the valley his grandpa built on her land. Her mountains are a canvas for the maker's hand. Church abandoning his fans who were looking to see a country show Saturday night shows he's still got a lot of boot left to fill. Or... He's not our country music Jesus after all. Both of those songs actually work there. And if you're a fan who had tickets to the show, you probably don't feel like he loves your love the most. I can tell you're staring at me and I can feel it, so I'm just going to move on. But you should know that I have written lines that would have worked for guys like me, sinners like me, Record Year, Hippie Radio, Desperate Man, The Outsiders, Cold One, and Heart on Fire. I really, really like Eric Church, is uh, what I'm trying to say, I guess. And uh, canceling that show to go to a basketball game? Not a good look, Chief. Okay, on to more pressing matters. Now, as you know, the great city of New York has five boroughs. Manhattan, Queens, the Bronx, Brooklyn, and, oh, I want to say Ringo Starr? Oh, Staten Island. That's right. It's always the least memorable ones that get you. So while Staten Island is known to most people as the cesspool that produced Pete Davidson, it did take a big step forward on Friday. Let us start with the news out of Staten Island and Amazon. As you all probably already know, uh, a warehouse on Staten Island, it's called JFK 8, has now officially become the very first Amazon warehouse to vote to unionize. It was not particularly close. This was extraordinary and historic in all kinds of ways, not only because it's the first, but also because Amazon is such a behemoth. Workers at an Amazon warehouse in Staten Island will unionize, a first in the U.S. in Amazon's 27 years. Of the 4,800 ballots, more than 2,600 were in favor of joining the Amazon labor union. Amazon said it was disappointed with the outcome of the election in Staten Island adding, we believe having a direct relationship with the company is best for our employees. Hey, how about that? A little hard-fought victory for the working class. A, a, little, a little crumb of dignity to some of the folks at the bottom. Amazon Labor Union President Christian Smalls took a lot of heat from a lot of sides, including from Amazon executives themselves, who pushed to make him the face of the union effort because he was, quote, not smart or articulate. That's a little on the nose there, isn't it, guys? I'm sure if he were on your side, you would have referred to him as a, quote, thoroughbred, you know, because of his attributes. 
Now, there is a long way to go for this union push, and this 8,000-employee warehouse has unionized, but there is no guarantee that they'll be able to bargain with Amazon or that Amazon won't just close it and move it somewhere else. The company has spent millions of dollars in the last two years trying to halt unionization, and it is very clear, even after the Great Resignation, that large quasi-monopolies like Amazon still have a tremendous amount of power and leverage over workers all across the country. But one thing no one can take away from this union win in Staten Island is an obvious blueprint for both labor organization and political mobilization for anyone who wants to follow it. This was a local grassroots movement which included white, black, and brown workers. It included workers who take the ferry in every day from Queens, immigrants from many different parts of the world, and even anti-union employees who voted in favor of the union simply to stick it to Amazon for what they say are dehumanizing working conditions. Now, a bunch of working class people from a bunch of different places with not a lot in common came together for a common goal trying to secure higher wages for themselves and better benefits for themselves and their families. Even if this union push ultimately fails, I can think of two political parties who everybody hates, who could, and this is the first time anyone's ever said this, learn a thing or two from what's happening out on Staten Island. While a coalition of workers from the bottom of the socioeconomic ladder spent last week trying to gain some dignity in their workplace, one other scrappy, hard-scrabble, daughter of a Connecticut real estate mogul made a little career move of her own. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki will leave the White House this spring for a job at MSNBC. That's according to an Axios report Friday that sources confirmed to The Hill. Now, when asked Friday about reports of her departure, Saki had this to say. I have nothing, again, to announce about any conversations or any future plans. Um, and at whatever time I leave the White House, I can promise you the first thing I'm going to do is sleep and spend time with my three- and six-year-olds, who are my most important audiences uh, of, of all. Um, but I would say, Kristen, that, uh, again, I uh, have done uh, have taken the ethics, legal requirements uh, uh, to the highest uh, very seriously uh, in any discussions and any considerations about any future employment, just as any White House official would. And I've taken steps beyond that to ensure there's no conflicts. Jen Psaki will host a show for MSNBC on NBC Universal's streaming platform, Peacock. Oh she will also be part of live programming on MSNBC's cable network as a voice on different shows, but she will not be hosting the 9 p.m. hour replacing Rachel Maddow, which has been speculated. Oh, damn. The office itself didn't do it for me, but I've got to get Peacock now. I've got to get my Jinsaki on. Okay, so neither side has officially confirmed this move, but as has long been speculated, NBC and MSNBC appear to have won the bidding war for the once-in-a-generation talent Jen Psaki. Now, I don't begrudge anyone making a living, and she's far from the first person to go directly from an administration or another high-profile government position right to a prominent spot in the media. But that's kind of the point. George Stephanopoulos, who is the voice and the face of ABC News, came up as a Bill Clinton staffer. 
He served as comms director in the Clinton White House. Fox News has a full roster of former Bush and Trump press secretaries. All of Obama's press secretaries got lucrative jobs in the media as soon as they stepped down. And that's not to mention the book deals and the sneaking fees that all these people command as soon as they leave the White House. Now, we're highlighting these two stories together tonight because they broke on the same day, and I'm hard-pressed to think of a better illustration of how our political and media ecosystems are failing us. The revolving door from the halls of the White House, where your job is to spin and lie for the government, to the halls of major punditry, where your job is to feed upper-middle-class boomers their steady diet of knee-jerk culture war outrage has to be locked. Because while enormous multinational corporations hollow out our towns and buy out our institutions, their only counterweights are exceptional policymakers, a dogged, unafraid, muckraking media, and an active labor movement. All three have been dormant for basically my whole lifetime. One of them finally gave us a glimmer of hope on Friday in Staten Island. It'd sure be nice if the other two were to come on board with them. But it's really hard to do that when the same credentialed neoliberals populate both the government and the media. Because one of those two institutions relies on access, ratings, and whether Wall Street CEOs are enjoying their work. And the other one is the media. That's our show. Thank you so much for being with us. We're back tomorrow night with an all-new episode. We hope to see you then. Don't forget, in the meantime, please share our show with your friends. Don't forget to like our videos on YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also follow us wherever you get your podcast. You can download our episodes and take them with you wherever you go. If you think we've earned it, please go ahead and leave us a review on your podcast app of choice. We're back tomorrow night. Bye-bye. Hey, thank you so much for watching and listening. If you like what we're doing here, the best way to support the show is to become a premium subscriber, which you can do at the top link right down there in the description. As a premium Shawnee Mac Show subscriber, you'll get the full video and audio versions of every episode early and ad-free. That's before anyone else gets it and without me asking you to do stuff like I am right now. Plus, you'll get exclusive behind-the-scenes content, a weekly Q&A with me where you can ask me anything and I'll answer it, and premium subscribers get exclusive discounts on all our future merchandise as well as discounts on tickets to all of our future live shows. It really is the best way to support the show and keep it going. Again, that's at the top link right down there in the description. Do it and I will love you forever.